This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. outside of Miami, Florida, a picture perfect day for this championship weekend. Final race of the season before the green flag flies the championship four. Green flag is in the air for Miami. Martin Truex Jr. to lead lap one. Sun is going to become a little bit of a burden. Keeping a close eye on the 18th of the band vibration. Martin Truex Jr. trying to hang on. Harvick now leading the championship four. What a move by Kyle Busch. Martin Truex Jr. has been playing catch-up. Truex Jr., Harvick, Kozlowski, Kyle Busch in the championship four. Battle for the lead and possibly the championship. Kyle Busch staying out, still in front. If the caution comes out, take the gloves off, and they're going to pass. And the caution will come out. You can see the four closing in. Here comes Kyle. Eight over. Take your mark. The championship on the line. The final lap, Martin Truex Jr., the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series champion. An emotional season ended with the ultimate celebration for Martin Truex Jr. and Furniture Row Racing Truex. The 37-year-old from Mayetta, New Jersey, won Sunday's championship race at Homestead Miami Speedway to capture his first Monster Energy Cup Series title. Welcome into NASCAR America, everybody. Carol Lomano and Parker Kligerman. And from NBC Charlotte, we have our Hall of Famer and NASCAR champion, Dale Jarrett. Dale, you are one of 32 drivers in NASCAR in the history of the sport to win the Cup Series championship. And the newest member of that club is now Martin Truex Jr. And it seems, by all accounts from Sunday, that he's going to be welcomed into that club with very open arms. Yeah, there's no doubt about that, Carolyn. And the thing is, is that this race driver, Martin Truex Jr., is a champion in so many other ways also. And, you know, in sports, we see a lot of times, we see feel-good stories uh, that happen, and that makes us uh, really happy to, to see good things happen to good people. And on the other side, we see dominant teams uh, sometimes not go on and finish out a year with either a World Series or, or a Super Bowl. But in this case... The, the feel-good story and the dominant driver and team go on to make everything happen on a championship day when the stakes are at their highest. And uh, couldn't be happier for Martin Truex. And, you know, this wasn't something that, you know, they just fell into. Uh, they were the fastest car, uh, and they went in as the favorite. Got the job done yesterday afternoon, and, and Martin Truex uh, is one of those champions now. We're glad to have him as a part of that club. Agreed, DJ. And I'll say that, you know, what a year, what a race, and what a champion. A very deserving champion, as you just said. You know, there's so many things that add up here. But 
A lot has been said about this format that obviously is a winner-take-all format, but the best car, best team, and best driver won the race and won the championship in this format. And that's what matters here. I think that's really what's important is that we saw a team that really deserved to be the champions, go up there and take hold in a very pressure-packed format. And that format lended itself to some incredible racing along the way. No you doubt. know, Martin Truex Jr. 78 team all week, we heard them talk about embracing the pressure that comes with, as DJ said, being considered the favorite to win everything. Despite their dominance all year long, the winning on Sunday was anything but certain. Martin Truex Jr. struggling with the handling of the race car. Listen on the radio. Cole Pern's going to have to come up with some magic as it looks right now to get that 78 in front of the other championship contender. A long time on the left rear for the 78. We'll see if that costs him some track position, air pressure, and wedge. Still trying to tighten that car up. He's still running in the fifth position, so they are only concerned about lap 267. That's when the championship will be decided. Look who else is making the outside line work. Truex Jr. slides up to second. Harvick trying to fight back on the inside. And that Truex Jr., he has been struggling, but as we get to the end of this stage, he has emerged as the fastest car right now of the championship contenders actually driving away from Kevin Harvick. Here comes Kyle. This is the kind of thing a gritty champion goes after. He's got a guy who hasn't won a championship in front of him, but Kyle, having been here before, knows how to track him down. The 78 of Martin Trex Jr. Now under 10 laps to go. The gap, six tenths of a second separating Truex Jr. and Bush. Truex Jr. still able to stay in front of Kyle Busch. And that lap, Kyle Busch got through one and two much better than Truex did. Here he comes, Kyle Busch closing the gap inch by inch. This is the end of the racetrack. The 18 looks better, Jeff. One and two, he looks better than the 78. The opposite in three and four, I think the 78 is a touch better. Trying to get the nose of the 18 close enough to the 78 to challenge him for the lead. 12 years in the Cup Series, and his roller coaster career is finally reaching the peak, putting an exclamation point on a near-perfect season. Mark Trex Jr. is the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series champion. This moment might be one of the best burnouts we'll ever see. You told me all week long you wanted it for you, you wanted it for the team, and Sherry didn't like when you said it, but you wanted it for her. How much of the season was for her, Martin? A lot of it was for her. A lot of it was for me. A lot of it was for this team. It's just, um, I don't even know what to say. Uh, we just never gave up all day long. We uh, we didn't have the best car. I don't know how we, uh, I don't know how we won that thing. Um, never give up, dig deep. I, I told my guys we were going to dig deeper than we ever have today. And the 20 to go, I thought I was done. They were all better than me on the long run all day long. And, I just found a way. I found a lane that I could use, and I found a lane that was blocking enough of their air that they couldn't use it, and it was just um, just made it happen. I can't believe it. I've, I've wanted this since I was a little kid, and uh, just never give up, man. Never give up on your dreams, no matter what happens, what kind of crap you go through. But um, thank you, Barney. I wish you were here, buddy. Um, thank you, Johnny. All our partners this year. What can I say about this team? Cole Pern, Jazzy, Pete. All the road guys, the guys in Denver, you guys are the best, man. They worked their guts out for me, and uh, I don't even know. This is this is unbelievable. Dream come true. I don't even know. I, I couldn't even talk on the caution lap, so 
just really thankful, really grateful. Thank you to fans. And uh, it's just overwhelming to think about all the rough days and the bad days, the days that we couldn't run 20th to be here. I, I never thought this day would come, and to be here is just uh, it's unbelievable. For the first time ever, we get to say that you're a Cup Series champion, and these fans are loving every second of it, Martin. Thank you guys so much. All your support helps us, pushed us through tonight. Helped Sherry with her battle, all the positive info and uh, the positive mojo. We couldn't do it without the fans, and um, I couldn't do it without this team. I couldn't do it without Sherry. All the support you guys here, NBC, Fox, earlier in the year, was just a dream season. And uh, I was going to be gutted if we didn't win, but I was still going to know that we gave it our all, and uh, luckily it was enough tonight. So there's so much to unpack because there's so many layers to all this. But let's start with what Truex was talking about on the track, how he was able to actually get this job done. And when you consider the driver that was chasing him and Kyle Busch, who's maybe the last person that you would want to see with the exception of Kevin Harvick and a few others, how was he truly able to dig deep, like he said, and outdrive the 18 who was so close behind? Well, I believe this is probably one of Martin Truex Jr.'s most impressive drives of his entire career. I know he went and won the Coca-Cola 600 with the most laps led ever but this was impressive because he did a couple things that were kind of out of the ordinary or at least you had to really stretch to do one is he held off the 18 by moving his line around a lot he would go to a line that he felt was faster for his race car but then as the 18 was able to make the bottom gain on him or even the middle he would move that lane lap after lap corner after corner changing his lane to take away the air from the 18 of Kyle Busch which was incredibly impressive but also the fact that he was able to use that outside lane no going into this, that Martin Truex Jr., most of his race wins and when he's been most successful, he's a bottom feeder. He's a guy who really runs well on the bottom, but Cole Pern and him knew going into this championship finale, he was going to have to be better on the outside. So they did that test at Homestead, and one of the things Cole made him work on was running that outside lane. And in practice, he hit the wall on the outside lane. You really figured it out. He started to see how far he could go, and then in all of that culminated to where he was able to hold the 18 off by using the changing lines and being able to be fast in outside lane up next to the wall. So I just think it was a very impressive drive. It was a championship level drive and that is why he is the 2017 champion. You've talked so many times this season about how much he loves the bottom. So the fact that they had the guts to go up top and try a couple he of different to, lines. He had to and he did. I mean, it was just, impressive. That is wild with everything on the line. And DJ, what really struck me was just, you think about how far Truex himself has come. Like team aside and Sherry aside, 2014, he led a single lap all year, and then so many different things happened, and Cole Pern became the crew chief in 2015. They joined up with Toyota, and here they are. Yeah, that, this graphic right here tells the whole story. I mean, 2014 was horrible in so many ways for Martin Truex. They couldn't get anything done on the racetrack. His personal life uh, was very difficult with Sherry uh, battling cancer. So there were just so many things. But just look at the differences and how far this team has come. And not only did they improve a lot in 2015 with the Chevrolet then, they all of a sudden decide that they're going to change manufacturers. So they get aligned with Toyota in 2015. 16, and then by 2017, they're leading all these laps, the top fives, uh, his wins. He more than doubles uh, what he had done in his entire career there with the eight wins this year. He had seven but uh, coming into the year. So just outstanding. But that, as Martin has pointed out, you know, this has been a team effort. They put everything there. Certainly Joe Gibbs Racing uh, helped in, in their part. Uh, the pit crew was supplied by them. But in so many other ways with things that they did. And, and Toyota has been uh, behind them the entire 
entire way uh, with this uh, progress that they've made. But there's just so many things. As Parker was talking about the job that Martin Truex did as a driver, it's hard to explain if you haven't ever been in that situation, the difficulty uh, of trying to drive and navigate that racetrack and, and know that a faster car and a great driver is right behind you just waiting for you to make one slip. And what Martin was doing there, as Parker was pointing out, moving his line around for two different reasons. Uh, and, and Parker just pointed that out. He was searching to where he could find just a little bit more grip to where he could find just a little bit more speed. But at the same time, at any chance that he got, he was trying to take the air away from the nose of that 18 car of Kyle Busch. So to make all of that happen, to find speed and also be hurting your competitor behind you and not allowing him to make that run that he was trying to get just outstanding. You can say uh, about all of his wins and the things that he's done at other mile and a half tracks. Last night was his best performance because that wasn't their best race car of the season. And that's exactly the point I was just going to make, DJ, is that it wasn't the best race car. And he made that point too in his post-race saying, you know, we didn't have the best car. I can't believe this happened. But that's where we saw Martin Truex Jr. really raise up as a race car driver, as a champion to put in his best performance. And that's what you want to see. That's what's amazing about this format and the Game 7 moment that it provides is because you have to... You have to rise up. You have to find that little bit more to go and win the race, to win the championship. And that's what we saw there. And he beat one of the best. And today, that's why he's a champion. Yeah, we mentioned all the layers to this. And we're going to bring you the full story of his Furniture Row racing team in tomorrow's show, which is something very special that you don't want to miss because there's so many parts to this season. But we really can't touch on the team's success without featuring Truex's girlfriend, Sherry. Sherry Pollux has been battling ovarian cancer for the last three years. I've thought about this moment so many times, but I couldn't even let myself get there because I knew the emotions were just so strong after everything that we've been through. And I think to hear him say that he understands now that there's a bigger picture and that God has a bigger plan for us and that this is where we're supposed to be to help other people and to inspire other people that are watching from home that are going through any struggle in their life, not just cancer, but everybody's going through something. So I feel like God put us in this place for a reason. I mean, I don't want to have cancer, but I do. And I'm going to use my platform to help other people through our foundation and everything we're doing with Sherry Strong and and I think we've done that this year and I tell him all the time that if you inspire other people and you do things for other people good things are going to happen to you one day and I truly believe that and I I knew that in the end they would they would come out winner so it was it was amazing to be a part of it tonight Whatever you believe in, karma, whatever it is, Martin Truex led that race for 78 laps. Numerology. I mean, just consider that. Okay, you can move in numerology. Be. This is a great tweet, by the way, from Sherry. Uh, just classic. Her and Martin with the trophy. You know, Sherry's still battling ovarian cancer. She has undergone treatment during these playoffs. She wasn't even able to make the Charlotte race. You would never know that. And, I mean, anytime you see Sherry out on the track or celebrating a win with Martin Truex Jr., which they've had the opportunity to do so many times this year, you never get the sense that she is having a tough day. And she has absolutely, from my viewpoint, been the rock for Truex and all this. No doubt. She's a massive inspiration. I can't imagine what she's going through. And, and also for what Martin and this team have all gone through and to have the success that they're having on the track and then have all this going on off the racetrack. It's just incredible. This story overall, as we've watched this season progress in this race team and these two you're seeing right now, Martin Truex and Sherry, I mean, it's, it's incredible to know that they've been able at times to 
put these off-track things aside and go and perform on the racetrack and then at the same time be using this platform, she said, to put out good in the world, you know, to bring inspiration to people's lives. And I think that's really impactful because they are going through a tough time and it's very easy to get down when you're going through that tough time, but they're using their success on the racetrack to bring inspiration to other people. And that, that's one of the best things you can possibly do, I believe. Yeah, DJ, it's just wonderful to see this whole year capped off this way. Yeah, it really is. And she's such an amazing person. And you can tell just the inspiration that she has been to, to Martin Truex to really never give up uh, to, and to never waver. And the one thing that you haven't heard them talk about is the, the struggles that much. You know, only when they're asked about it, they don't talk about how difficult their life is because they know that others are, are probably struggling more than they are at times. Uh, but they're such good people. And, you know, it's really good to see good things happen to, to good people that, that really give their all and, and are inspiration to others. So uh, I don't care who you might have been a fan of and pulling for, if it was Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, uh, Brad Keselowski, any of the other drivers there, you had to feel good for this to end this way because uh, they've been through a lot, uh, and they will continue to go through that, but they've got a championship to show for all of those struggles and hard work and efforts. Yeah, and proof of some of the tweets that are coming uh, on your screen below from the entire community, absolutely pulling for them this weekend. We have got a jam-packed hour today. Dale Earnhardt Jr. took his final ride Sunday as a full-time driver. It was an emotional day for the two-time Daytona 500 champ. We're going to hear from him, and we will also revisit Saturday's Xfinity Series finale, which saw a 19-year-old prodigy outlast a grizzled vet in one of the best championship battles in recent memory. And we're also going to hear from Kyle Busch, who nearly missed out on taking home his second cup title. All that and more straight ahead on NASCAR America. Welcome back, everybody. This weekend, two of English football's biggest clubs clash at Anfield as Liverpool hosts defending champions Chelsea. That one is at Saturday, 12.30 p.m. Eastern, over on NBC. A race within the race with the highest stakes on the line. That was the situation for the championship four drivers at Miami who are racing to be the top finisher in the group in order to earn the Monster Energy Cup Series title. Each of them led the championship four for at least 33 laps. And in the end, Sunday belonged to Martin Truex Jr. after leading the championship four for 90 laps. Brad Kozlowski, Kyle Busch, and Kevin Harvick also had their turns leading the group, but the trio came up short. Let's hear from those guys now. Well, you know, I think when, when you really look at it from the inside out and, and you see all the work that everybody went through, uh, the preparation that, that we went through to go through these playoffs and, and this particular race, was second to none. I mean, it was a championship effort, but uh, just came up a little bit short. Congratulations to Martin. Uh, those guys have been the dominant car all year, and, and to go win the race and, and you know make it happen there at the end. Uh, they got their car better, and, and were able to, to win the race and win the championship. Paul called a great race with uh, all the strategy we could have, and we just we're about two tenths off all weekend, and uh, you know in the race. Uh, we threw everything we could at it, but uh, it came down the speed at the end, and we just didn't have enough speed. The 78 and 18, uh, you know, they just had so much speed that we were just doing all we could. Just didn't quite finish first in class today, but we still had a great day, and uh, it's really proud of the effort from everybody. We gave it everything we had. We gave it our all, so congratulations to the 78. They deserved it probably on every other race, but today I thought we were better. Uh, doesn't matter, though. They, they were out front when it mattered most, so uh, just unfortunate for us that uh, 
that that caution came out and kind of ruined our race strategy and we weren't able to get back to where we needed to be and then I had to fight way too hard with some of them other guys trying to get back up through there but um, that's racing. Kyle, where was it truly lost? Because your car was so fast most of the day. Um, battling with the 22 there, uh, just wasting too much time with him. He held me up. He was air blocking every single chance he got. So got a real buddy there. Um, but again, that's racing. That's what happens. DJ, how do you interpret Kyle Busch's comments after the race? Clearly frustrated with Joey Logano. Was Joey Logano well within his right to be where he was at that time? Yeah, Carolyn, I, I believe so in my mind. You know, we talk about how unique uh, the playoff system is in NASCAR versus uh, other sports that are out there. And the fact that it's not just the four championship drivers that are out there competing. Everyone else is out there, and they have an agenda. You know, Joey Logano's had a bad year uh, by his uh, uh, standards, and so he was trying to get everything he possibly could. But here's another thing that I will say. I think Joey Logano did really nothing wrong there, and something that – all drivers, not just Kyle Busch, but something that you have to think about is things that you do, actions that you may have had some other time. It could have been two years ago. It could have been earlier this year. But things that you might have done that riled a, a competitor, you never know when that might come back to get you. And, and we talk about paybacks all the time. It doesn't have to be somebody wrecking somebody to pay back. All they have to do is, in a critical situation, hold you up a little bit. And I don't know if that's what Joey Logano was doing or not, or if he was just racing as hard as he possibly could, and that made it difficult for Kyle Busch to get by. But I knew when that was happening that that was certainly using up way more tires and time than what Kyle Busch wanted to be doing at that time. But uh, I think it was simply racing. It was unfortunate for Kyle, uh, but it's part of uh, uh, the way the playoff system works here in NASCAR. I feel a little bit conflicted about this, Parker, and I don't know why. I think it's just because you have two title contenders in it at the very end, and I know that it's well within a driver's right to be right there and to go for that win, and if you've had a hard season, but I can also see the other side of this for some reason that it's like, listen, you're not in this right now. Like, let me try to go do what I need to do. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure I, how I feel about it. I, I think, you know, at that point in the race, there was still a chance that Joe Logano could maybe rally to go up there and challenge for a win. So, and DJ said it, you know, our playoff format is very unique in that the it's not only those four racing against each other. There's also all those other cars out there that are racing on their own agenda. And I think that's what, what you have to deal with. That's part of what, you know, racing over 38 weeks is about in the Cup Series is racing 40 cars, 39 cars every week against each other. And therefore, it comes down to that same fact. You've got to race those guys. And as DJ said, you could make a you know someone a little bit angry, and that can come back to bite you later when they're trying to get by. But I think the thing is there, in what, you know, what we need to look at is that Kyle Busch had one of the fastest cars. He was able to pass a lot of cars to get there. Was Joe Logano the only one that was really the problem? You know, as they came down the end there, Kyle Larson was in the, the picture a little bit. So I, I think, you know, you can't put the blame squarely on Joe Logano. He was just driving his race. And it never comes down to, I guess, just one thing, right? Yeah, I mean, that's it's the a, thing. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a bunch of things. So, DJ, uh, Parker just mentioned Kyle Larson. It felt like Larson maybe was not... I don't, I don't know, not, not facing some of the scrutiny that a guy like Joey Logano would be facing to be up in the mix like that. Is that fair to say because of how Kyle Larson's championship bid ended and the way that he performs at Homestead that maybe he had a little bit more leash to be there? Yeah, probably so a little bit. And just to kind of button up what I was talking about there too, you know, it may come a time when Joey Logano is the one racing for that championship and he finds himself trying to pass Kyle Busch 
who maybe not is in in the the championship four at that time. And, and so you never know when the roles might be reversed with that. And that's what I say. You never know when your actions may come back to kind of bite you with that. But a tip of the hat to Kyle Larson. Uh, the last two years, actually, you know, he did the same thing uh, in a sense last year with Jimmy Johnson on a restart when Jimmy got a great restart and didn't race him there. Here, he clearly had the fastest car. He had run these two uh, drivers down, uh, Truex and Kyle Busch, from a long way back, right up against the wall. Unbelievable racing here. You see, he gets the 18 a little tap, but Kyle had pulled uh, up in front of him right there, but he didn't push the issue. And I really appreciate what Kyle Larson did there. It wasn't that he was wasn't trying to win, but I think he wasn't going to push the issue and get in between the two cars. If he could have found a way that in a lap or a lap and a half, he could have passed both of those race cars and those drivers, then he would have taken that chance and gone on and won the race. He was still trying to win, but he was not going to affect the championship in a way that he was going to get in between them. So I really respect him for what he did there and understanding the situation. Exactly. You've got to applaud him for it because you said it best there, I, and he said it to me. Basically, if he could have gotten by Kyle quickly there, when he first caught the 18, the 22, I believe, and he thought he could go up there and pass the 78 right away. And if he could have done that, then he probably would have just went on and tried to pass the 78, went on to win the race. But when he got held up a little bit, he made the classy move there as we came down the end to think, even if I get by the 18 when he bumped him there and had that run on him, he's not going to get the 78. Mm -hmm. So why even get involved? That was an incredibly classy move by Kyle Larson. I'm sure he gained a lot of respect amongst race fans, but also those two drivers. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, coming up, uh, outside the championship, we know that Sunday's biggest story was Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s last race as a full-time driver. What was the day really like for him, start to finish? We're going to hear from Junior next on NASCAR America. Before Sunday's race, the teams on pit road gave high fives to Dale Earnhardt Jr. as he made his way onto the track for the last time in his full-time driving career. He then led the field in a special pace lap and addressed the fans from behind the wheel. Hey, I just want to thank everybody that's had an impact on my career. I've made friendships and relationships that will last a lifetime, and I'm just so thankful for that. And the fans that are here and that are at home watching, they made all this possible. And what I mean by that is that their support of my career led up to every opportunity I've ever had, whether it be working with one of the greatest companies and owners in the business, partnering with amazing sponsors, it's a long list of those. All those opportunities happen because of those fan, that fan support. So we're going to have some fun next year. Everybody enjoy tonight. Such a fitting moment for a man that cares so much about his fan base. You know, Dale Earnhardt Jr. finished 25th on Sunday, but the result was not the focus. His legacy was cemented long before Sunday. And as he was surrounded by crew members and media and fans, Jr. reflected with us after climbing out of his 88 car. I had a lot of fun tonight, man. I got in the fence late. We were running pretty decent. We had a lot of problems with the car, but Greg made some great adjustments, and we got the car running pretty good. And uh, right up on the fence, when the sun went down, I knew our car was going to come in. And uh, so that was uh, that was pretty fun. I hate to hit the ball because we'd have finished a little bit better. We lost about 10 spots getting that flat. But um, the deal I had with Rick was that if, if I uh, finish the race with the car in one piece, I get the car and he gets the helmet. I'm going to take this thing back home. It's, uh, you know, it's got a little scuff here and there. We ran into Truex on the back straightaway because we 
high-fiving him with our race car. <laughs> and uh, proud of him, man. What a story for Martin. I love it. I mean, we're, we're retiring and Martin wins the championship. That's a storybook. So, uh, hope all the fans enjoyed this season. I know it uh, wasn't everything we wanted on the racetrack, but we sure had fun off of it and going to miss everybody. Uh, but we'll be back. Can you describe on the cool down lap what was going on inside, Dale? I was happy for Martin. I was like, man, I'll catch up there to him and <laughs> run into his car. <laughs> um, I think everybody was running into him. So, uh, you know, I was just thinking about Martin, really. But uh, I knew that I'd finished this race. So we was going to meet on pit road with this cooler and uh, have, have some beers with my team. These guys are like my brothers. And uh, we really fight for each other, lean on each other. And uh, these are the friendships that I'll have long beyond my racing days. And uh, so this is a good, good moment with them. The last lap's been Rundale. What's it like? Well, I'm, uh, I'm not sure. You know, I'm not sure what, what, the, what the feeling is. I didn't have any real, I didn't cry until I was hugging Rick, Rick's neck, man. He's been like a father to me and the things that he's done for me. Uh, personally and professionally, but the personal stuff, you know, he's really, really helped me more than anybody will ever know. And uh, he's done that for a lot of people. And uh, so I uh, will miss trying to make him proud, you know. And I know I'll still be able to do things that will make him proud because he's like a daddy, but I'll miss, trying, I'll miss driving his cars and um, trying to make him proud on the racetrack. Dale, people came from thousands of miles to watch you race one last time. You gave him a, you gave him a thrill, really. Well, I don't know. We we we, uh, we hope they enjoyed it and and uh, they got to see a great race there at the end. I was I was sitting there riding behind that and watching that, and it's pretty exciting. We'll be at the racetrack a little bit with our Xfinity stuff next year. We'll run a couple races, so say hey to everybody when we come back and do that. And obviously we're going to be in the booth, but we'll be around and. Um, still want to have uh, a purpose in this sport you know after driving you got to find something you're passionate about something that matters to you and I think I'm I, I think I might have found that with broadcasting and and obviously still only in junior motorsports we're going to be competitive and and competitor inside you will still be on fire and, and trying to keep that team going I just texted with the uh, Ellie Sadler all, all morning about like man we're going to come back next year you just get your head right over the offseason we're coming right back here to try to win that thing again because uh, you know, because we want to we, we want to be a part of this sport as long as we can. We really do. Um, it's time for somebody else to get this car. It's a great opportunity for Alex, and I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, but we definitely want to be a part of the sport, no matter what. And he will be with us, and we're super excited about that. Can't and wait. DJ, you know, he's going to be at the racetrack, and he's got his hands in so many things in the sport. He's such an important part of it. I was really moved when I saw that embrace at the end of the race with Rick Hendrick. You know, and Steve kind of alluded to it, and then when he had that interview with Dave Burns, he really solidified it, that this is a father figure to him. And I just, I thought this was really special. Yeah, it, it really was. And when I saw it, 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 I just, so many things went through my head. You know, Rick Hendrick came in and got in Dale Jr.'s life at a time that Jr. really needed someone and needed that support and, and that father figure, if you will. And, and Rick Hendrick is just so good at that. And, you know, Rick himself has been through a lot in his life. Dale Jr. has been that. So the two of them together uh, did a lot of really, really good things, and they were good for each other. And to see that at the end, uh, and, and, you know, that was just a great picture and one that, 
that's kind of what will be on my mind and in my mind uh, when I think about Dale Jr.'s last race and, and what he went through there. So he's going to be around. Uh, we're going to be you know very fortunate to have him uh, working with us here at NBC, so I'm excited about that. And uh, he's going to be really good at whatever he does because just like he did with his racing career, he, he's going to put a ton of effort into it. That's why his guys cared so much for him uh, because he was there and working extremely hard, and they knew that. So uh, we're going to miss seeing him in the race car, uh, but we're going to still be glad to have him around. And Parker, you were at the track on Sunday, and you pointed out that you saw him there for a very long time after that interview. A very long time. Well, first of all, I'd like to point out that he, in his Twitter bio, says he's a retired dealership mechanic, so I'm sure now with his extra time he'll have on his hands, maybe he can go out there and buff out some of the scratches he wants in that race car that he provided it. But, uh, no, he actually, I remember turning around, I think, and it was an hour, maybe an hour and a half after, and there was still this swarm of people around his car, and he and his team were sitting there, they were drinking beers, hanging out, he was signing autographs, taking pictures of fans, and it was just an incredible to see, you know, sitting there and just taking in the moment. I mean, I've always heard of uh, stories about Richard Petty from back in the day where he would sit at a racetrack for hours signing autographs, and that's what Dale Hurt Jr. did last night. He sat there and he just took in the moment. It was really cool to see, and I mean, look at this. This just looks like they're having the a blast. The beer can that's stacked awesome, on the right? hood of the car. How do you want to end a career? Have a drinking beer with some of your best friends and the fans that made it possible. I just think this was an awesome moment. I was honored to be able to witness it. Yeah, and DJ, you know what that moment's like because you have been through that process before, and one of the things you were saying, advice that you tried to pass on with him was to be present if you could, and it seemed like he really yeah. got the most out of Definitely. the aftermath of the race. Just one other thing quickly, DJ, the other thing that was great about what he did was he really gave Martin Truex Jr. a lot of credit, and he, he so authentically said that he was so happy for him, and Truex pointed out that he may not be where he was on Sunday if it hadn't have been from some help from Dale Earnhardt Jr. at the beginning of his career in the Xfinity Series. Yeah, there's a couple of things as we see Junior going here to congratulate him that he is the one that brought Martin down. I'll never forget when that was happening. I didn't know Martin. I knew his dad and raced against him, but uh, Dale Junior introduced me to Martin. So they're great friends, and that opportunity that he got there, you know, set the stage for all of this to happen. The other thing, back to the beginning of the race, as as he was going down pit road, that respect that all the crew members showed him. You know, that was a lot of people that either worked with Dale Junior, uh, a lot of them, or either they went through Dale Junior's uh, operation there to get their chance. So, you know, it was great. I had the chance to see him right before he got in his race car. I told him to make sure that, and told Amy to be sure and be ready and right there for him at the end because that's the toughest part is whenever you flip that switch the last time and you that is the finale and it's all over with there. And I'll say one last thing about Junior. He's an outstanding person, a great race car driver, and he's really good at drinking beer too. <laughs> As are a couple of other people that work on the NBC NASCAR team. So I'm sure, so we here. I'm sure he'll fit right in next year. All right, coming up, we are going to review William Byron's drive in the Xfinity Series Championship. He outlasted Elliott Sadler in a classic duel for the crown. It appears that the sky is the limit for this rising star. We're going to the Xfinity Series Championship next. Thanksgiving night, NFC East rivals clashing as Kirk Cousins and Washington take on Eli Manning and the New York Giants in primetime. Our coverage begins at 8 Eastern on NBC. Dan Patrick and Mike Tirico hosting Football Night in America. Well, last night, Martin Truex Jr. became the fifth driver in NASCAR history to win championships in both the Cup and Xfinity Series. On Saturday, William Byron sought an Xfinity title before joining the Cup ranks. Next year, could he complete the first step in becoming the sixth member of this elusive club? The championship four 
posing for some pictures before the race. And Daniel, Daniel Hemrick, uh, DJ, in the 21, led the championship for at the end of stage one, but battery issues forcing him to pit and costing him his title hopes. Yeah, I think we saw speed out of this race car, and this driver was doing a great job like we hadn't seen all year long. He was out front, but that battery problem took him out. Justin Allgaier just didn't have the long run speed to contend. He would fall off the lead lap late in the race. Yeah, on the opposite side of the spectrum, Hemrick, we assumed the seven car would come here with a lot of speed, but they just didn't have it. He even had seven-time Cup Series champion Chad Knauss in the box. Didn't help. <laughs> 38 laps to go, DJ. Elliott Sadler and William Byron, what a battle. Battling down the backstretch, making some contact in turn three. Well, you can see how bad these two drivers really wanted. Great racing there. It was time to win the championship right there. And Elliott Sadler would eventually pass Byron. Ten laps to go, though. He could not pass Ryan Priest in the 18. And this would make Elliott very upset right there where he was not able to get by the 18. Maybe he hoped that he would give him a little break, and that allowed William Byron to get a big run to make the pass. And this is where Elliott Sadler would lose his chance at the championship. And then as they came down here, he would make a move going below Ryan Priest, get into him. Ryan was able to hold on. It would have been great to have a caution for Elliott, but not to be, and it wouldn't work out. One of the greatest races that we've seen in a long time in the Xfinity Series. Byron would hold on to third place. It was good enough to take home the Xfinity Series championship. And as he celebrated, Elliott Sadler was furious. He would confront Priest on pit road with officials having to keep them apart. For more on that in a minute, but let's hear from the champ. I don't know, I don't think I breathed <laughs> the last 20 laps. That was incredible. Uh, just thanks to this team. This is awesome, man. This is incredible. What was the battle like with Elliott? Clean, but it was rough, you know, because you're battling for a title, William. Yeah, it's, uh, he raced me clean, and uh, we just raced hard for it. Can't believe this. Uh, just got to thank God for giving me this platform to perform, and I uh, can't believe this. <sighs> I'm tired. <laughs> Obviously very displeased with Ryan Priest. You described those final laps, Elliot. Well, I mean, he cost us a championship. I mean, he's not even racing anybody and uh, was holding us down, and the nine would have never got to us for that. So I don't, if you're going to race people like that in this sport, you're not going to make it very far. you got to have respect. So uh, it's definitely uh, a shame to be that close and uh, not pull it off. I just uh, appreciate uh, my race team. I, I let them down tonight. I should have took care of business when I got to Ryan. But um, appreciate one main financial and all those guys for being here tonight. It's just, uh, it's definitely a letdown to lose one like this. That's about as frustrated as we see Elliot Sadler get, Parker. Some of the things he said, going back to what we were talking about earlier with Joey Logano being involved at the end of the Cup Series race and Kyle Busch and all this, did Priest do anything wrong? Look, I completely understand Elliot Sadler's frustrations, right? He was had a chance to win a championship. He was in the front and felt like not being able to accomplish that pass on Ryan Priest and maybe get a little help there, but he wasn't clear of him. It wasn't like Ryan stuck it out there. He was beside him, and it just didn't work out. And then as they got together, I felt like Ryan was running the same line that he'd been running, and that was really Elliott kind of making a last-ditch effort. But you have to remember that Ryan Priest is a young driver who barely even had this opportunity. Going into the year, he didn't even have a chance to be racing at Homestead Miami Speedway. He had two shots in that car at Joe Gibbs Racing. He went out and won a race and was given more shots and now has a couple more next year. He's racing to have a job, to have a career in the sport like Elliott Sadler. He told me after the race that he was upset mostly because he's been an Elliott Sadler fan his whole life. He grew up watching Elliott Sadler. He did not want to be a part of the championship discussion, but he was trying to do his job. He was trying to make a name for himself in the series in NASCAR and therefore was doing what he was told to do by Joe Gibbs Racing, which was to try and beat that 22 car for the owner's title. So I know why Elliott's upset. I know this is frustrating for him. It's the fourth time he's finished second. 
but I do not think Ryan Priest did anything wrong. That makes sense to me, DJ. I know Elliot Sadler is your friend. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, definitely a tough situation. As we pointed out earlier, that's part of the playoffs here. And I understand, as Parker's saying, the, the frustration from Elliot Sadler uh, with a driver that's really not involved in anything. And here's what I'll say uh, about Ryan Priest. Outstanding young driver that had made a great name for himself. Let's think about the, the great run he had at New Hampshire to finish second to Kyle Busch. Goes to Iowa and wins the race. Uh, really was making a name for himself. I think that they gave him bad information and put this young man in a very difficult situation. He wasn't going to catch the 22 car uh, at that point in time. It was really time to get out of the way of the two drivers uh, battling for the championship. So, unfortunately... His name is now going to be associated with affecting the championship in this way. So, again, it's part of it. He doesn't have to pull out of the way. Uh, it's up to Elliott to figure out how to get around him uh, without costing himself time there. But you would have liked to have seen in that situation to where they, they weren't going to get to that owner's title. And whether the nine got by him or not to make them finish second or third, that, that didn't make any difference. But, yeah, again, these are always going to be the things that are going to come up. And if you'll remember back to Thursday, pretty much all of the drivers, when ask a question by Marty Snyder uh, at the, the champions uh, event there on Thursday. They each said the thing that they feared the most was racing against drivers that they hadn't competed with a lot and that having an outcome and not knowing exactly how they would handle situations like that. So, oh. yeah, it, it's out there. It can happen. Uh, it's unfortunate. I hate it for Elliott. I'd love to have seen him get that first championship or at least had something uh, it, that William Byron just passed him and it wasn't something like this uh, to, to be there with that. But, uh, you know, again, Ryan Priest, I hope he's able to continue uh, with this career and move on and Elliot will understand that hey these things are, are going to happen and just go back uh, next year and try to win the championship. DJ I have to agree with basically everything you said there. I just want to play a little devil's advocate for a second if Ryan Priest gives up those spots there just pulls you know lets them by a caution comes out and now he's sitting far behind the chance to beat that 22 car yep. and Joe gives racing's upset with him and knowing that his career is on the line can you blame him for that? No, yeah, a great point there, Parker. You're exactly right. And that's what they're they're battling for, and that's why you battle. And again, that's what makes these playoffs so such a difficult situation and so different than other sports because everybody else is out there and everybody in that race had an agenda, whether it's to win the race, finish as high as they possibly could in the points, gather as many points as they possibly could. In Ryan Priest's case, he was driving a car that was battling for the owner's championship, and those were the orders that he's been given. So uh, it's unfortunate. I'm sure Elliot Sadler didn't have any idea that he was in that battle uh, and doing that when that happened. All he knew is that that impeded his progress in going there. So you're exactly right, Parker, uh, about that, that if something, a uh, caution comes out and changes that, uh, then that changes the whole thing. And, and Joe Gibbs Racing and other team owners might look at Ryan Priest in, in a different light if that were the case. So all you can do is control what you feel is best for you as a driver and a competitor going forward. We have to, well said. We have to tip our hats to William Byron, who's going to be turning 20 years old on November 29th, so hopefully he'll have a couple of Cokes and celebrate yes. as he deserves <laughs> it. Not quite what Junior was doing. Sparkling <laughs> Yeah, coming up, uh, we are going to get back to Sunday's Cup Series finale and how Martin Jokes Jr. 78 crew played a big role in his championship victory. Pick a review next on NASCAR America.
for the final time, they'll go down the backstretch. Putting an exclamation point on a near perfect season. Mark Truex Jr. is the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series champion. Martin Truex Jr.'s pit crew turned in a championship performance Sunday at Miami. What does winning the title mean to them? Let's find out in our pit crew review. Martin Truex Jr. roller coaster career is finally reaching the peak, putting an exclamation point on a near perfect season. Martin Truex Jr. is the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series champion. Chris Taylor, front tire changer, amazing night. Um, we did some of our fastest stops of the year tonight. The 18 was fast and they were coming, but uh, I knew Mark could hold him off. This is my last race, and I'm retiring and moving home, and it's awesome. Not many people get to go out a winner. Chris Taylor is going to be a teacher next. He closes his 13-year career in NASCAR as part of the talented crew, which helped Martin Truex Jr. bring home a championship to Furniture Row Racing. And what can you say about Cole Pern and the job that he has done since taking over in 2015? He becomes the 39th different crew chief to win a cup title. Martin Truex Jr.'s championship isn't just a victory for himself or his girlfriend or for his team, but it's for his family and its racing tradition. We're going to explore that when NASCAR America continues. Welcome back, everybody. So there's a look at how the Championship 4 finished. This format has really worked since it was implemented in 2014. The winner of the championship has been the winner of the Miami race. And, DJ, we want to end with something that you brought up last night on the show about the impact that Truex's father has had on his life. Take a listen. My dad made me who I am. Um, without him, I wouldn't be the person I am today. Um, I wouldn't have the work ethic I have. I would have never been a race car driver. There's a lot of things um, I wouldn't be without him. Obviously, I wouldn't be here at all, but he kind of um, helped me, and um, I'm just so proud to be here tonight. To you know, he's he's a champion tonight too, and it yep. feels so awesome to have him here and do that. And uh, yeah, I owe him so much. It's um, it's just unbelievable. I mean, he literally quit racing for me to drive his car because he said, "You got it." I didn't know. He knew. Yeah. And. Um, just unbelievable day for both of us. That was an incredible moment in our post-race coverage. We've talked so much, DJ, about Sherry and the team and some of the trials that they've gone through. But just to have that moment where he talked about his father was really, really special. Well done. Uh, it was a great moment. And so many of us can uh, think back and, and thank our dads for giving us the opportunities that they did and making that difference and giving us so much in our careers and in our lives. And, and Martin was a really good uh, race driver himself. I raced against him uh, a number of times. Uh, but to, to that point that he got out of the race car and gave it to Martin Jr. because he's got it. And he, he knew what he was talking about. Now he's got it. He's got the ultimate trophy. And uh, it was just a great moment to see their father-son. 
no I just doubt. get chills even just thinking about that. Well, I, I, you said best. I think so many of us can relate to what our fathers instilled in us, and, and especially hearing the work ethic. I think that's one of the best things a father can instill in a son. But, you know, I'm really good friends with Martin's brother, Ryan Truex, and I've seen kind of what his their dad has done for them. He's supported them in so many ways, you know, on and off the track, and just trying to give them the best opportunities possible. And, it, you know, it's so fulfilling for a racing family to get racing's biggest prize on this biggest stage. DJ, you have any uh, confetti in your hair still or champagne or anything like that? <laughs> Were you able to clean it up? Both I think of you he's guys? probably allowed to go to sleep is what's Yeah, that suit happening. that I had on after the hug from <laughs> yeah. Martin, I don't know if that one will ever be the same, but uh, it was great to be a part of that. Both of our analysts going to sleep well tonight. All right, that is it for NASCAR America. For all your NASCAR news, make sure you log on to NBCSports.com slash NASCAR. We'll be back Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern with Scandal Miami, and we also have a phenomenal show for you on Wednesday as well. So make sure you're with us for the next two days right here on NASCAR America. We'll see you tomorrow. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.